0: Today on the Rising Coaches podcast. So I was at Drexel um, a year and a half as our operations assistant. uh, And then Ashley Howard moved on to Xavier. He's now the head coach at LaSalle. He moved on to Xavier as an assistant. um, and, And Brew gave me the opportunity to come on as an assistant coach. At the time, I was only 23 years old. Uh, I believe me and Zach Bovaire were the two youngest assistant coaches in the country at the time. He, he was actually the one that gave me that stat. Of course, I, I don't think I could come up with that stat, but I know he
1: could. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them. What makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight, so please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the final four in the off-season. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership. All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches member spotlight. Today, we're joined by Wagner assistant coach, Bobby Jordan. Bobby, what's up, man? Good to see you. Adam, how's it going? Thanks a lot for having
0: me on. Excited to be here this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fresh off a three-game win streak, coming live from the office, right? What is that, a window looking over the gym there? Yeah, we got
0: the window on the back, looking over the looking over the gym. I'm actually in um uh, one of our uh, like study hall areas right now. So
1: you guys, you guys get the high major setup when you, yeah. got, when you got look over the court. That's that's big time.
0: Don't be afraid to tell all all of our recruits that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Bobby, what's up, man? How uh before we get into like your background and stuff, how's how's it going? Obviously, you're up in the Northeast. It's been a crazy season for everybody, but. How's the whole juggling COVID and scheduling and, and trying to stay safe and still win some games going?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've been fortunate this year um, from a COVID standpoint and uh, give a lot of credit to our guys. Um, they've, they've, done, they've done an unbelievable job of, you know, taking the right precautions um, when there's been students on campus. Um, and we went about probably about two and a half months with nobody here except us and the women's team. Um, so guys just did a really good job of, of being safe, because um, really all they wanted to do was play. That's, you know, not having a spring, not having a summer. Guys came back excited to get back in the gym and be on campus, and, and they've done everything that's been asked of them since they've been back here at Wagner.
1: Yeah, it's great, and it's crazy. Like I am just was looking at the calendar this morning. we got like three weeks left, and, and we're in postseason. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a long year, but it's also like this season's flown by, it seems like. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, Bobby, tell us a little bit about your background, man. Where are you from? Where, how did you get uh, into, into hoops and eventually into coaching?
0: So I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, grew up a Philly guy through through, big five, all that stuff. Uh, went to Roman Catholic High School um, and played there, which is kind of one of the more well-known high
1: schools in the Philly area. With our guy uh, Scott Massio, we got to give we got a shout out.
0: Scott Massio, shout out, my former teammate at Roman, uh, you know Tampa alum. I know you were with him. Great guy. I know he's doing really well right now. Um, But from Roman, I went on to uh, to play for Bruiser Flint at Drexel. uh, Started as a walk on and eventually earned a scholarship for him. And and one of the reasons why I went to Drexel was really because I wanted to get into coaching. I knew that you know, that was kind of my passion and kind of my dream to be in college coaching uh, when I went to college. Uh, So did a lot of little things while I was there. Although I was on the team and, you know, in practice games every day, you know, all the normal stuff of a division one player. um, I used my summers to really work on my coaching craft and coach an AAU team when I was a freshman in college, went on the circuit, uh, worked for the hoop group for Rob Kennedy. Um, Those guys gave me a chance at, at a young age. Uh, to really, you know, get my name out there, get some experience um, and really just grow my network at that time too as a a young kid who, you know, many people thought I was a player still, you know, but I'm out there coaching a team and the guys that I was coaching were only, you know, maybe three, four years younger than me at the time too.
1: What do you think like biggest takeaways from that were? Like what were the biggest lessons or the biggest value you got out of coaching while you're still in college? You know, one of the
0: one of the biggest things I took out of it was you know, just the, the value of the network in college coaching and, and just seeing how that worked like during that time at the hoop group, working for them and, you know, their great network of coaches that they have um, and then going through AAU and kind of seeing it from the college side. I mean, I, I'll never forget. I, I coached Rak- Rakim Christmas. He was on my first AAU team. Um, and Rob Lanier called me out of, out of nowhere one day asking about Rakim christmas who really wasn't on the map at the time and rob was at florida and he told me billy donovan um you know was flying into jersey to come see Rakim at the time and i wanted to tell rob like I'm 19 years old like uh, that's great I'm, I'm i'm excited for for rock um but that that's how i kind of saw how you know this whole thing works you know like that was great like rob calling me and not knowing necessarily who I was, but just the network that you need to create in order to, you know, be on the recruiting trail, be in college basketball. Um, Those little things kind of really stood out at an early age for me.
1: Yeah. And if you do it the right way, it's going to take time to build that network. And so the fact that you could get started building that, you know, as a teenager is, is big time.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, a lot of people don't, I think, realize this at first. But, you know, college coaching is just like an, a normal job in a way is you got to start from the bottom and kind of work your way up. And it's it's maybe a little bit harder to start from the bottom because of, you know, financially, the money's not there. And, you know, if you're not doing it at the right time, you know, situations family wise or, you know, even socially uh, can be a little hard on, on someone. But, you know, it's, it's basically just like a nine to five job of kind of getting started and working your way up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So tell us about that. Tell us, all right, you graduated from Drexel and then, you know, where does your coaching career take you then?
0: So after graduating from Drexel, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, in limbo for a couple months. Um, Bruiser didn't know if he was going to be able to bring me on as like a graduate assistant at the time. Um, you know, so I was, you know, working hoop group, doing the same things I did, uh, you know, coaching AAU in the summer. Uh, spending my whole summer up at Albright with Rob Kennedy and those guys. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to to kind of get on staff with Brew uh, that next year um, as our operations assistant uh, slash GA uh, and kind of started out in then, which was, which was great because it kind of gave me an opportunity to see a different side. You know, I was always in the locker room as a player, um, and now I'm in the coaches' meetings. I kind of see the hours that they put in. I think that's one thing as a player you don't realize is how many hours that coaches really put in. Uh, Very fortunate at that time as well, the NCAA had a rule where, you know, your operations person could go 30 miles uh, to high school games Um, and being in Philadelphia was great. So I could get out to a bunch of different places to kind of see high school games, see kids, meet coaches, uh, talking about networking that we were talking about earlier. Um, That was a great opportunity to do that. That rule has since been, you know passed along and put away but uh, i thought that was really beneficial at the time for me and allowed me to kind of help me in my advancement in my career
1: yeah absolutely yeah what, what an advantage i wish they'd bring that one back um yeah, actually can. i just wish they'd let them all out and let everyone sure. go watch games uh yep. so uh okay how long are you at drexel
0: so I was at Drexel um, a year and a half as our operations assistant. Uh, and then Ashley Howard moved on to Xavier. He's now the head coach at LaSalle. He moved on to Xavier as an assistant. Um, and and Brew gave me the opportunity to come on as an assistant coach. At the time, I was only 23 years old. Uh, I believe me and Zach Bovair were the two youngest assistant coaches in the country at the time. He, he was actually the one that gave me that stat. Of course, I, I don't think I could come up with that stat, but I know he could.
1: And now, a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As the off-season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills, from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order.
0: Um, so
1: spent, Zach's got all the stats. He's an encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. So um, I, I stayed for four years as an assistant for Brew. Um, unfortunately, as this business goes, um, we got let go at Drexel and uh, it was time to move on. And I moved on actually in a, in a different path. I went back to high school, um, went back to grassroots basketball. I became the AD at a school called Gerard College, which is a boarding school in Philadelphia, um, and, and eventually coached the team as well. Um, but along that time, I was working with team final on the EYBL um, and just worked with their 16 and under team. A lot of the coaches are now freshmen in high school. I mean, I'm sorry, in college. Uh, so it's great to see those guys have success and it was it was a different outlook you know it was a different way and the one thing that was great about that time was it was the opportunity to become a head coach and you know i've heard this all the time is it doesn't really matter what level you're coaching at the opportunity to become a head coach is great experience uh, so that experience that i had at gerard and then i was eventually able to move down to img academy in bradenton florida uh, brian nash their director uh, gave me the opportunity to come down there um, and coach their elite high school team. It's fortunate enough to have good players. Uh, Zach Eady, who's at Purdue right now, Mark High Strickland, uh, who's at St. Louis, um, and a couple other guys who are actually still there who are on Sean Macklin's national team. Uh, just being able to be around those guys in that environment was very beneficial, allowed me to grow as a coach, uh, allowed me to work on my craft. It wasn't necessarily about recruiting. Um, it was more so getting better with X's and O's, getting better on the court with player player development, uh, had the opportunity to do some pre-draft stuff for John Morant while I was down there and work with him. Uh, so that was just a totally different experience and and really helped me grow as a coach, more so as you know a recruiter or a networker. Um, it, it really allowed me to branch out. And then um, after a year down there, I got a call from our head coach here at Wagner, Bashir Mason, uh, who had an opening on, on his staff and, and he was able to bring me on here at Wagner. Uh, last year.
1: So how did you get to know coach Mason just through recruiting and feet on the road or, well, or me, and
0: me, me and coach Mason we played together at Drexel um, okay. for, for two years he was he was two years ahead of me at Drexel um, he was our starting point guard had an unbelievable career at Drexel uh, made practice really really hard for me every day I've, I've never gone up against a better defender um, in practice every single day he he really made it hard for our second team to kind of run offense. Yeah. Yes. Um, but he was an unbelievable player. Jarvis had an unbelievable career. Uh, knew he was going to have a, a big time uh, coaching career uh, when he eventually decided to go into coaching. Uh, so we had. That's how we kind of met.
1: Do you guys still hoop ever? Any any pickup games over there where you guys reignite those battles?
0: Yeah, we get out there and practice. I'm actually on the injured list right now. Uh, I got I got a little too. Uh, too amped up in practice and I I call it the uh, I got a little calf strain in grade two right now they said (laughs) I'm on the IR I was out there in a shell drill trying to guard the post a little too hard and I don't think I was warmed up enough I've I've sent the clip to a couple coaches I know um, who told me that you know you're 34 now you're not you're not 24 so
1: man it's a real thing getting old isn't it it is it is it sucks I hurt my shoulder like two weeks ago I thought I'd be back to normal the next day. It's still, still bothering me.
0: Take A little bit longer now.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Tell me about like your mindset going to Wagner. This is like your second, you have the quick rise at Drexel. You're an assistant coach at 23. Um, as you mentioned, at some point in everyone's coaching career, you're going to get fired. Your staff got let go at Drexel. You coach high school for a few years, AAU prep school, now you get an opportunity to come back to the Division One level at Wagner. What was your mindset going into it? Was it way different than, you know, getting the call up at Drexel at 23?
0: Yeah, it, it was a little bit different. I mean, getting the call at Drexel, uh, obviously being at your alma mater and being an assistant at your alma mater is huge. Um, you know, for me, getting the call here at Wagner, um, like I said, going into Drexel, I, I always wanted to be a college coach. And kind of being out for a couple of years, I still had that hunger – I still had that desire to get back to the college level. Um, and I knew that, you know, going back to network, it had to be with the right people. Um, you know, IMG Academy was is one of the best places I've ever seen in terms of resources, facilities in the country, um, and great people that work down there as well. Um, but just, you know, Coach Mason and his family, you know, Bruiser was big on family while we were there, and, and everybody just – Being one big, you know, Drexel family together. Uh, So my mindset was, you know, really just hungry to get back to the college level Um, and also being able to, like I said, work with family. Winston Smith, who's here on our staff, we were on the same staff together at Drexel. He also played for Brew at UMass. Um, So just being able to go back with guys that you've been around a long time and, you know, there's nothing better to kind of being in the trenches with those guys and putting in the work. Um, And then seeing kind of everything come together and, you know, string together some wins and have a successful season.
1: Uh, There we go. Sorry. Sorry about that. My mute button was stuck. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, Tell us about, uh, you know, like your couple seasons at Wagner now and, and, you know, just being in the NEC, um, we mentioned you guys won three straight. Pretty competitive league, right? It feels like every year, you know, there's not like that one top dog that like a Gonzaga that just, you know, is going to win it. Uh seems like, you know, it's up for grabs. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah,
0: especially this year. I mean, especially with COVID, um, you know, schedules are different. Teams haven't played as many games as other teams. Um, You know, for example, we've won three in a row. We're four and four. Uh, we're one game out of first place. But the first place teams have won four losses as well. Uh, We just haven't played as many games as them yet. So, um, you know, that's kind of the key thing is every night is a grind. Every night is tough, uh, especially with these back-to-backs that we're playing, our league's playing back-to-backs where you play four teams at home, four teams away, um, and then one team who's the closest to you, you play them home and home. Uh, So that next day, that second game is a war no matter what. I mean, we beat Sacred Heart by 30. Uh, this year, the first game, um, and then lost to them in double overtime the next day. Uh, So, you know, every time you step on the court in the NEC, uh, you're getting that team's best effort. It's a league built on tough kids, um, you know, that kind of were probably under-recruited coming out of high school that have a lot to prove. uh, And you see that every night that you step on the court in this league.
1: Um, What's like? Have you figured out the key for for game two of those two-game series?
0: (laughs) you know it, it, it's been different because like i said you know we won by 30 one time and we lost in double overtime we've lost the first game won the second game and then in our recent most recent one we've we've swept both both games and won in overtime uh you know the, the biggest thing is really and i, and I kind of harp this to our guys all the time is, is really taking care of your body um you know there, there's very little time to make adjustments from a coaching standpoint especially depending on what time the games are mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's really your your players and kind of getting them focused on their rest, uh, what they're eating, uh, their hydration. Uh, we do we do an unbelievable job of kind of you know from a stretching, from a physiological standpoint of kind of getting them going the morning before the game on the back to back. You know, I, I asked my wife for advice because she used to coach in the Ivy League and they, they did a lot of back to backs. Um, she she's big on that. She kind of told me the Ivy League's a lot different. You know, it's a lot different. So, <laughs> so I kind of, she didn't really give me much help on that, yeah. but, you know, about sure their body, making sure that their body is ready for that next day.
1: Yeah. I would imagine pretty much the most you can do is watch film, right? With your guys. Yeah. Watch film.
0: Uh, you know, like I said, you can make some little adjustments, you know, maybe ball screen coverages. Uh, if they're playing the zone, maybe how you attack the zone a little differently, Um, You know, but you're not putting in new plays for that next day, right? Um, Right. Really, not changing much from that perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys even do a shoot around?
0: Or or Uh, we haven't we haven't done a shoot around um, on the road uh, because our league doesn't even allow shoot arounds. Go okay. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah. When you're the home team, you can shoot around. Um, We we've done some like foul shooting. You know, guys that want to get up some extra shots, we get up some extra shots, but. On the road, we can't even shoot
1: around. Crazy, crazy. Well, congrats on the on the hot streak right now. I hope you guys keep it up. Uh, It looks like you've got uh, who's next? Uh, Uh, Mary Dickinson, right? They're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah,
0: FDU uh, coming in uh, four in a row. Uh, They they've kind of been us and have kind of been the hottest teams in the league right now. So uh, it's a big big week. Uh, This is actually the team too that we play one game at home. We play at home on Thursday. Uh, And then on Saturday, we'll go to FDU. So this is actually the only time during the league season that we won't play back-to-back.
1: Okay, okay. Well, good luck, man. Big game Thursday night. We'll We'll be keeping track and rooting for you guys. I appreciate it. Bobby, thanks for jumping on, man.
0: Thanks a lot, Adam. Thanks a lot for having me on. Absolutely.
1: What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed with animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development, planning and monitoring. Engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.